and on a spiritual level, I would say that that um, surrender is allowing God into the space that you are struggling with, where that struggle lives within you, that troubled emotion, that not being able to calm your mind, not being able to settle yourself is surrendering up, right? Surrendering mm -hmm. up, which is where the saying, let go and let God comes from. And allowing that divine energy to come into your space, because a lot of times what we're trying to do is change things that we don't have the ability to change and therefore keeps us in resistance. So by surrendering it up, that can bring a sense of that peace back in to our overall system. Oh, and then in, it's a matter of... Um... How do you do it? So sometimes just getting quiet, really mm -hmm. important. Just get really quiet. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast, genuine conversations for authentic living. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lisa Allshafer, empowerment life coach and author. And I'm Sandra Pariser, health and wellness entrepreneur and truth seeker and truth speaker. And today's episode is about going from resistance to resilience, the journey of surrender. And boy, isn't this the name of the game, learning how to get through. I think this is the most tricky skill that you can acquire, muscle that you can strengthen. And Lisa and I are very excited to teach you some tips and tricks on how to exercise this muscle. Yeah, absolutely. It's It really is a, a, a so much of what the world needs more of um, is to learn how to surrender to what is, is really what we're talking about, emotional surrender, so to speak, to the world and all that's going on around us. But first, before we talk about surrender, let's talk about resistance. And, you know, resistance is something that is at the cornerstone of my coaching and what I coach and what I teach. It's such an important piece. And a lot of people don't even really know that they're in resistance, which makes it very you know, which makes it almost impossible because you're not aware of it to let go of it. So, but simply put, resistance is a natural human response to fear or pain. Really simply put. And so when we're feeling fear or pain uh, or any gamut of, of the emotions, that's more on that negative side, we, our natural response is to go into resistance. And when I talk about resistance, two of the, there's two quotes that I use, um, they're even in my um, my online program in the very beginning, which are a couple of the free free videos from that program. And that the first one is, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. That's a Buddhist quote, right? Mm -hmm. Pain is inevitable. We're, we're going to experience pain in this life, both emotionally and physically and spiritually and in different ways, right? And the second quote is, resistance to what is creates our suffering. So if what is is inevitable pain and we resist that, the resistance of that pain is what creates our suffering. And resistance is such a, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a rather large subject. So I'm going to keep it as succinct as possible for, for today. But ultimately, if you think about doing resistance exercise, like lifting weights, uh, the muscles become bigger and stronger, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you resist your fear, or you resist your pain, physically or emotionally, it too becomes bigger and greater, and it becomes stronger. Mm -hmm. And the more we resist it, the stronger it gets over time. So really understanding resistance is important to really knowing that 
you're, you're, you're going against your instinctual part of you that's just goes into a knee-jerk reaction into resistance when we experience pain of some sort, right, or fear. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens, though, with resistance is uh, it becomes like a repellent. So I'm going to give a little example here. One of our authentic needs in life is to be loved. Mm. And when we do not feel that that authentic need isn't being met, what happens is we resist that feeling of unloved to whatever degree it's in there. And we resist it by then becoming needy for love. Mm -hmm. And for, you know, what's it like, Sandra, when someone is needy with you? How does that feel to you? Well, the, for the need that pops up the resistance the most is for me personally. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we all, the love piece is an absolute natural for every single yeah. human on planet earth. It's an authentic and, need. Absolutely. Hey, look, I got bubbles again, Lisa. I don't know where the <laughs> bubbles come from, but I've got bubbles. I guess bubbles just okay. want to be with us today. Uh-huh. We'll go with it. So um, for, it's the need to be understood is one of my inherent um, resistance points that I've experienced yeah. over time is really just to be understood. And when yeah. I don't feel understood, it just happened to me today. But anyway, when I go into um, a resistance, like why, I don't understand, what am I saying wrong? How am I not communicating this? And it gets yeah. bigger. And, and, and then what happens inside, and only because this just happened to me today, I can, I start to feel uh, insecure. I start to feel like, oh my gosh, maybe this person doesn't like me. Oh, did I say the wrong thing? Oh, good. So it's really, it's really, it, it, it'll go there in your mind. Well, you're really going to start beating yourself up. You're, you're, it, so then it spirals. And so, so at what point in time do you catch it and go, okay, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. blowing this thing up into a tornado when really, I think I just may have created the whole thing and it's in my head and I don't know, it happens. Well, yeah. So the more you have a need to be understood, the more Mm -hmm. you complicate things to be less understood. Yes. And so if we go back to the need to be loved, if somebody is needy for love and they come up to you and, you know, or attention or need to belong or whatever, and it's really strong, it becomes like a repellent. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it turns people off. It's like, wow, you just, you're so needy. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and it's like, and, and so the very thing we're trying to accomplish like you being understood or someone else being loved, we're actually repelling it away from us. Mm -hmm. And then that makes us even more uncomfortable in, you know, either the feeling of unloved or the feeling of misunderstood. So this resistance is a real uh, um, paradigm. I mean, it's, it's a paradox. It's the more we want something. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. The more we want something, the less we have it because resistance is getting in the way. Mm -hmm. And what we're really resisting is what we feel. And when we let go of resisting what we feel and learn to process that, which is a whole nother piece of this, you know, what I do is help people to process the energy and teach them how to do it for themselves, is then you start to actually work with the energy, which starts to lessen and weaken the energy. And then what replaces it is 
oh, now people are understanding me. I actually feel more clear when I communicate. Mm -hmm. I actually feel more loved. And therefore, the law, that law of vibration kicks in. And the more loved you feel, the more love you actually attract. The more you feel understood, mm -hmm. the more clear you are in your communication style. So it's quite a quite an interesting subject in and of itself. But, but it's a key piece Well, to so many things, but it's certainly a key piece to surrender because it mm -hmm. stands in the way of surrender. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I have more examples. So when we were talking about like, oh, you know, what, what would be really important for our guests to hear before we start getting all of your guys' feedback on what to do next, um, or what's important to you, or what are you bumping up against? This is universal. This is the <laughs> human experience. And, um, the more I think, you know, for me, astrology is so, so important because it's, it's for me, what makes sense of why are we here? What does it mean to be human? And I don't know about you, Lisa, but this, this, this thing that's happening right now is, is big. You've mm -hmm. got wars going on everywhere. You've got mass confusions happening all over the place. And the more wild it gets out there in the world for me, the more I'm easy to catch the resistance, just like I did today. I'm like, and it came really quick. And it's the name of this whole game. Every, this is for everybody is to get through this happy and happy means, you know, surrendering to resistance. I, yeah. I think if it, the plot of life, if we could just master this one thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because what, because happy is such a, strong word for you, right? Yes. That's something that even in the you video testimonial you did for me years ago, that was part mm -hmm. of your, you know, if you want to be happy, <laughs> just call Lisa, you know, that was, that was <laughs> the, the premise of that. But I want to just kind of also go a little bit into that because happy comes and goes, right? Yes. Yeah. Our, our perception on happiness, just so the perception, so we're clear on the perception on happy, because I think for you, it's much different than for other people, right? Yeah. And, but it's important to you. And, and, yes. and that's, you know, I, but, but it's that's also like one of my core, that, that's a personal core value of yeah. mine. You know, that's a yeah. core value of mine. Yeah. 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 So, um, but being at peace, I think is a, a, a part of something that you can maintain kind of more consistently mm -hmm. being at peace with who you are, where you're at, because happy can come and go, right? And happy does come and go. And happy does come and go. Yeah. Um, but more of a sense of settled in peace and whatnot, not that, not that there's not challenges, but it's a different state of being that brings a calmness and certainly more of a surrender to you is to be at peace with yourself, mm. to be, uh, you know, at peace with the journey, even with its challenges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so, because there's definitely times that, um, I think, I think it's just a more settled feeling inside is really what I'm, you know, trying to say there is, is to have something that you can have a little bit better at maintaining. Yeah. Cause, peace. Cause no kidding. Happy Happy's is, not. Happy's, happy's kind of more of an excited, uplifted yep. place, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. But at peace is you're just at peace with yourself. You're at yeah. peace with life. And, but you're also at peace with the challenges that they're going mm -hmm. to come. Right. Guaranteed. That's just part of it. Yeah. 
so we're going from resistance to resilience, the journey of, of surrender. So what is surrender then? What is surrender? Well, first of all, surrender is not being passive. It's not being defeated. It's not giving up, right? It's really just choosing to release the grip of res the grip that resistance has had on you. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's all about it. Now that all comes back to resistance because resistance truly is the grip that has us in a state of tensity, wanting control, trying to do everything and not living in the flow of life. So if you think about, um, you know, trying to swim against the current in a river, it wears you out, right? It tires you out and potentially you might lose to the river, <laughs> depending on the speed of the flow mm -hmm. of that river, right? Well, life too has a flow to it. And when you're swimming against the flow of life, you're going to get tired because you're in resistance. You're mm -hmm. going to get, and it can wipe you out. It can take you out. It can, it can literally, um, you know, uh, affect your health. It can affect your yeah. blood pressure. It can affect your heart. It can affect, you know, your nervous system. And so it's really like learning how to say, okay, let me quit flowing or excuse me, let me quit swimming against the flow of life and, and turn around and flow with the flow mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and on a spiritual level, I would say that, that, um, surrender is allowing God into the space that you are struggling with where that struggle lives within you, that troubled emotion, that, that not being able to calm your mind, not being able to settle yourself is surrendering up, right? Surrendering mm -hmm. up, which is where the saying, let go and let God comes from and allowing that divine energy to come into your space. Because a lot of times what we're trying to do is change things that we don't have the ability to change. And therefore, keeps us in resistance. So by giving, you know, excuse me, letting it up, surrendering it mm -hmm. up, that can bring a sense of that peace back in to mm -hmm. our overall system. Oh, and then in, it's a matter of um, how do you do it? So sometimes just getting quiet, really mm -hmm. important, just get really quiet especially when you feel like there was some for me now, because I've been doing this with you for so many years. Um, and even before that, it's really simple for me to catch it, um, to go, wait a second, how am I feeling right now? It's the eye care approach, which I'm sure you and I will put into a, a live action role play, <laughs> um, live and in person for all of you. But it is, it's really, it's just stop for a second and go, you know, whether it's prayer or meditation or getting quiet or whatever it is for somebody, just, just sit inside, take some deep breaths and really go, how am I feeling right now? And then start peeling back the layers of the emotions and, and in surrendering to it, it doesn't mean that you're, yeah. Like when you, when you were first talking about surrender, it's not like tucking tail and hiding in a corner at all. Actually, it's the opposite of that, right? It's, it's just sitting with whatever it is and then trying to understand what is real, what isn't real. And where are these feelings, where are they going to take me? Where are these feelings taking me? Um, and go on that journey. This is the journey that we're on is to really surrender is the name of the game. Yeah. So, yeah. And one of the core principles of surrender is acceptance. And so 
remember resistance to what is creates Mm -hmm. our suffering. So accepting what is, is really what starts to remove the suffering, right? Now what Mm -hmm. is might be painful. (laughs) So now we're Mm -hmm. going back to the inevitable pain, but ultimately it's the acceptance of what is. That was serenity prayer. Yes, it is. It is the serenity prayer. It's one of the things I absolutely love about Alcoholics Anonymous or 12-step programs, right? Well, yes. And that's why it's been such an effective prayer that's lasted through through the years, through the decades, mm-hmm. uh, because it is rooted right back into acceptance and surrender. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if you think about how many people in the world go through their day wishing their day was different. Mm. Or being in a relationship, wishing the other person was different, or just looking at themselves, wishing they were different, mm-hmm. and having resistance to all of that. And some of people are doing all of those things, right? Yeah, wishing their life was different. Yeah. And yeah. what happens when you're resisting what is, which is whatever the the mm-hmm. current circumstances are in their life? the more they're creating the circumstances they don't want. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and it has nothing to do with the quality of the person that they are, how intelligent they are, or any of that. It's just simply lack of awareness around what it is they're actually doing because what they're doing is resisting. Mm. Once you start to accept where you are, Mm -hmm. who you are, in current time and whoever you're with, whether it's a child or a spouse or a friend or a coworker or a boss or whoever it might be, accept them where they are. You now can start to change whatever really is right for you to change. And if there's something, and you have the power to change too, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you can't change other people. But what's interesting is when you start to change because you're not, in resistance of whatever it is that you have really been judging. And judgment is a form of resistance, a pretty heavy duty form of resistance. Mm -hmm. So whatever you judge, you actually lock into place. Whatever you judge, you're giving more power to. So now think about people who, you know, are trying to maybe lose weight. I mean, this is, you know, the the season. We're almost there. (laughs) You know, everyone's going to be making New Year's resolutions soon. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and all those things. And Um, And yet they're judging their body uh, Mm -hmm. the way it is. And therefore, what they don't realize is that the more they judge their body for where it is, the more it's going to stay where it is or even gain more weight or whatever it is they're judging about their body. I mean, you've been down. This was one of the, I think in the process of me getting more clear about, about, who and where I wanted to be. I'll never forget. You told both me and Alan, Hey, write out your core values. And Mm -hmm. this is just, I think a great exercise for anybody to do because like, how well do you know yourself? Right. So how, and it's just a fantastic exercise and who are you and what is most important to you? Mm -hmm. And, um, Anyway, so as I started to heal all of this, the attachment that I had, the judgment, the judgment that I had to some of, uh, I'll just say my addictions because addictions are emotions. And if you're resisting 
whatever that resistance is. And if then you're judging it, you know, addictions are emotions too. Some people are literally addicted to, um, you know, beating themselves well, you can be up. Addicted to drama. Drama. Oh, totally addicted to drama. Totally mm-hmm. addicted to drama. So, I mean, there's many addictions that you can have, but the more I would judge my, judge my addictions, the more resistance I would have to healing them. And so even just doing some of these, like, it's a simple exercise to sit down with yourself and put your core values together and dig into that. That was probably one of the most, <laughs> remember when I had the integrity, it's your five core emotions or core values. I think there were yeah, five, five of them. Yeah. And integrity came up and, um, boy, was I dealt a heavy load with integrity. I just thought that that was wild. Right. And only because I had to sit down and do, I sat down and did the exercises because I wanted to release all of this surrender to it, but it's kind of tricky if you don't know what it is, you know, what are you? So the judgment piece for me, and this is, I think for everybody, we know when we're judging ourselves, right? I eat too much. I drink too much. I smoke. I do drugs. I, I, I don't know. Those are actual addictions. Um, but it's, it's here. It's just, it's here. It's in our mind. So we have to catch it first. Like, Oh wait, that's give me some ways that I would judge myself. Cause I can't think of any off the top, but you know, them all like, um, I'm going to just pick on smoking. I'll always pick on smoking because that was something my whole life. And there was a time as I was trying to quit and you were trying to help this years ago, uh, you were trying to help me quit smoking. We figured out that I was a closet smoker. And then you said to me, okay, let's bring you out of the closet, you know, because there's more shame and judgment in hiding and sneaking. And, and there was, and I had no idea and I did. And I came out of the closet and I stopped hiding. I mean, I, I didn't ever want my kids to catch me smoking. So that was different, but I did come out of the closet and I didn't, I didn't hide it, not sneaky, um, the way that I was there. And it was a really wicked, the judgment, releasing the judgment. And towards the end of it all, by the time I ended up quitting smoking, I had no judgment on myself other than I was able to see it for what it was, which is for me. And, and I think everything is, it's, it's different for everybody. For me personally, with that one, one addiction was all of the emotions that were stored and stuffed and hidden that I didn't even see. Well, once I saw the trauma and healed the trauma, then it was like, it just went away. It was like this miracle. I still, to this day, I'll be driving down the road. I'll be like, I'll never smoke a cigarette again. Like, that's amazing, you know, um, which is something that I'm deeply proud of because I finally got in there, but it, it definitely started with the judgment piece. And you helped me the years and years and years and years that you helped me with releasing the attachment. It's okay. You're fine. Don't beat yourself up. And then, you know, over, over these last couple of years, the process has just been wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the judgment, the self judgment we have, the judgment we have towards others. And usually if we have it going one direction, it's going the other direction. (laughs) So, you know, all these, all these things. And 
one of the examples I use around, say, judging somebody else for something you think is wrong about them, what you were doing was judging yourself, right? Yeah. But one of the things, and this came up yesterday in one of my sessions, um, you know, we all have people in our life that are going to probably rub us the wrong way or, you know, feel they're not treating us right or whatever the case might be. That's, you know, it's pretty human and common. <laughs> so um, the, you know, a common pattern that people have is running late. Mm. So if you have someone in your life who's running late or who has a pattern of running late, which is different than once in a while, you know, like stuff happens exactly. to everybody, right? Yeah. So what I'm talking about, I'm like, eh, you know, they're late. You can count on them being late. Here's the difference between judgment and acceptance. Judgment is you arrive on time and you're expecting them that this time they're going to arrive on time. And when they don't, you get all bent out of shape every time. Every time I come here, I'm on time and he or she is just never here and it's disrespectful. And you go through the litany of little irritants <laughs> around this person that you know is running late. So here's the deal. If this is a person you want to stay in a relationship with, accept that they just run late. It's mm -hmm. not about you. It's not about you. They probably run late for everything. 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 Yes. Yeah. It's not about you. So instead of being irritated by the person running late, you just simply bring a book, make, <laughs> make peace with it, accept yeah. that they just run late. Yeah. And it's not personal. And yeah. then bring a book and just count on them being late, accept that they are late. Mm -hmm. Or you just start to modify your schedule a little bit. <laughs> well, they're usually wind up about 15 minutes later, so I'll just show up 15 minutes later, you know, whatever. Right. But, but the point is, is you're letting go of the judgment around it. And so whether it's running late or whatever it is that they do mm -hmm. that bothers you, it's just accepting people for where they're at because everybody right. has stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Everybody has stuff. Yeah. Everybody has stuff. And yeah. there's there's a... a I just want to keep people's privacy. So I, I'm just going to say somebody I, I care very much about, two people I care very mm -hmm. much about. Uh, I watched in live action an event take place where one person said to another person, unless you do this, mm, ultimatum. don't mm -hmm. bother coming. Mm. And I know all parties very, very well. And I was very surprised at the reaction. Not, no, I wasn't surprised. That's not true. To see a passive aggressive, you know, just to watch some behavior patterns break out and, and for me to watch it and care so much about the parties, I'm like, what would I have? So first of all, I would not have been on the receiving end of a demand like that. So just think about it. We got the holidays coming up. We've got, you know, families and, you know, whatever it, like, it, it is going to happen. Well, you, you'll bump up against your patterns, especially if you haven't shifted them and changed them in your life yet. Um, so pay attention as we do go through the holiday season um, to this, to this one thing. Um, if somebody gives you a command and you meet that with um, defensive, sticky, right? Like it, Again, so I'm going to use the example. If somebody was to make a demand of me, which they wouldn't make a demand of me, but if somebody was to make a demand of me, I would be like, well, that's interesting. 
you know, wow, this person's operating typically from a place of fear. And then you sit back and you go, you know, you, we, we, and I mean, people should not be putting demands on other people. I mean, if you're not comfortable with a certain situation, then don't put yourself in the situation in the first place. That's that, right? So, but then to demand somebody else, you know, follow through on whatever, um, is really getting into somebody's like, but again, I, I know this whole thing. So I'm watching this from a, um, anyway, what ended up happening was there was a process that happened and I was able to facilitate a very peaceful understanding on what was really going on. So the person on the receiving end was able to go, all right, my feelings did hurt, but it's okay. It's okay. And I can release it because person over here is in fear, right? So if we understand how this person runs late all the time, bring a book, set your clock back 15 minutes, reorg. And I mean, that's a thing too. You and I, Lisa, we've been in business for a long time. We've met many, many people at coffee shops or appointments or what have you. Um, basic rule of thumb is we start on our calendar clock (laughs) and if we got to go, we got to go. And that's just the way it goes. So, yeah. And you know, I haven't had many, but there has been a, a less than a handful who've come in who have the pattern of running late. And, um, one was pretty extreme. And so I said, here's, this is what we're going to do. First of all, we're not going to, you're, you're going to arrive when you arrive. And there's going to be no judgment around it. And I, so I'm not going to judge you if you're late. And I want you to do your best not to judge you if you're running late. Okay. Because the first step is accept. If you really want to change this pattern, mm-hmm. then you first have to accept the I pattern. Think I might have run late in the past. That might have been one of my patterns, but anyway, it's a typical pattern. I mean, it's not. It's just, oh, it's a very common pattern. Yeah. A very common pattern. It just has varying degrees, <laughs> right? Varying degrees of it. So, what happened right? when you released when you so, allowed? So, your- you know, it it the the pattern didn't completely clear, but it did get better for mm. the period of time. She didn't work with me for a long period of time, but she did work with me for a shorter period of time. So if we would have continued working, we probably wouldn't nailed that pattern, broke through that pattern for her. But, you know, the running late pattern can also be an avoidance pattern as well. So either either way, it's it's just recognizing that you could just sense the relief for her because mm-hmm. for her, it was a lot of pressure on herself. And when you think about somebody if you just think about yourself running late, I mean, it's, it's, it can be very stressful, Oh, right? it stresses me out. Traffic and red lights and <laughs> all these things. And then your resistance comes up about the need to hurry. And then the more you have the need to hurry, the more everything goes slower, you know, then you get the slow drivers in front of you. So then you're just building up that internal resistance and it's not getting you there any faster. So, but again, the, going back to the judgment is really just an important piece is whatever you're judging just really pay attention to how strongly you're judging it, how often you judge it, and mm-hmm. what have been the results of judging whatever it is that you're judging. Probably mm-hmm. not great results. Mm-hmm. And then start to learn how to really accept what it is. Doesn't mean you're condoning. There's a difference between acceptance and condoning. Okay. Acceptance is just accepting what is reality, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Uh, Condoni is saying, that's okay. You keep running late. It's not a problem and blah, blah, blah. And you're, you're, you're justifying it and you're, you know, condoning it. You know, it's like, if we take it to a different example, like say someone's in an abusive relationship, you know, part of it is if they hit you in the face every day and they've been hitting you in the face every day for 10 years, except that they hit you in the face <laughs> and they're going to hit you in the face tomorrow. I mean, seriously, it's like they're going to hit you in the face yeah. every day. You yeah. have to accept that. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're condoning it. Mm -hmm. It just means that you're accepting it. So now what you can do is you can quit justifying it or condone, you know, whatever you're doing with that. And, and somehow you're going in for the next hit tomorrow is accept that you'll be hit tomorrow and then start to choose differently. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's such an extreme example. Yeah. And it's well, so not funny. I believe me, I've been in an abusive, you've been in an abusive relationship. Yeah. So we've, we've yeah. been in abusive relationships. So it's, it's, that's the most extreme, but it's so true because it can be applied to even the yes. running late, you know, like, so mm -hmm. like it may have been a pattern of mine, but I highly doubt it. Cause if I'm five minutes late, I'm, I, I get anxious. Like I, for me, like, Oh my gosh, I'm five minutes late. Right. Um, so I don't know that that was my particular pattern, but, um, yeah, I don't think so. releasing the attachment to outcome really, it's just yeah. going, okay, it is what it is. And now, I mean, even when you could pick road rage as an example, you know, mm -hmm. somebody cuts you off, right? Like, how do you mm -hmm. respond to that? Like I now today, I just, I, I think we all better just give who's ever driving crazy space, move yourself yeah. away from it, out of it. And don't go anywhere near it. And that That's includes right. like strange environments, but all right, Lisa. Well, how about resilience? Well, yeah. So when you, um, really bring surrender into your life, it's going to be the birth of resilience and mm -hmm. resilience again is more about not being when, when the, when those challenges come, that we talked about earlier, when those challenges come, it's your ability to bounce back. Yep. Resilience is not having, is not about not having challenge challenges. It's about how you deal with those challenges when they arrive. And the more you live in a state of surrender and acceptance, the more easily you're going to be able to maneuver those challenges and bounce back that much quicker. And as you bounce back from those experiences, what you're doing is you're accumulating wisdom through the experience, and therefore, you become stronger after the challenge than before. So these challenges are where we become stronger. If we yeah. don't have challenges, we, we can be a little, you know... <sighs> Uh, resting on our laurels or, you know, become complacent or whatnot. It's through the challenges in life that, that grows us. in. Well, in and Lisa, the challenges are everywhere. I mean, there, there, there are challenges everywhere. Uh, how you deal with them, it's like a muscle. So mm -hmm. um, in my astrology class, my once a week astrology group, um, yep. we were talking about... Um, three, six, and nine. So when you write something down and you set an intention and, you know, yeah. dream big, word it the right way, talk to universe, meditate on it, but literally three times a day, what is it that you would like to have happen in your life? And I picked 
and I'll just share it because it's an exercise I'm going to do. It's like your 30 day walk. So my, I'm like, I really would like to sell this house. Okay. So I, I wrote down, actually I'll, I'll say it live and in the flesh. What did I say? I am so happy. My home is sold. I'm so happy. My home is sold. So I'm going to, I, this is what I'm doing. I got my little workbook. I do believe that there's some power in writing by hand. I think it's a neurological thing. So I've decided to do this by hand. And um, I'm going to actually bring in your 30 day walk stuff too, for just for fun. So you write it three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, nine times uh, at night. And here's what's going to see, here's what's going to happen. And this is what I know was going to, I know for sure. These are muscles that the more you exercise them, the stronger that they get. And because things have a, they're hard right now, just because things are, it's a challenge to, I mean, even in the example I was sharing about a situation between two people I care very much about, um, we're all going to bump up against, this is guaranteed. And then you got the holidays, like what's going to, and there's a lot of feelings that are going to come up for people. Um, and there's a lot of things that I, um, I don't know about you, Lisa, but when I start to scroll through just kind of catching the headlines of what's going on out there in the world, it gets me queasy. And, uh, because there's so much pain, uh, that people are experiencing and there's just a lot of pain in the world. Right. So the only thing we have control over that anybody has control over is what does it feel like inside here? See that we can fix. And that's why you and I are really passionate about, you know, sharing some of these big bullet points with people. So in my exercise, I'm like, okay, this is a muscle. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm an excellent manifester. Let me see if I can strengthen it. Let me play around with it. Let me, you know, so what's going to happen? I'm going to stay positive three times in the morning, six times in the middle of the day and nine times at night. Okay. Well, that's much better than some of the other junk that we will put in, into our trunk. So little exercises that you can exercise the muscle of resilience and you will at some point in time, pat yourself on the back and say, good job. You know, like I can, it, it's working. This thing, this thing that Lisa and Sandra are talking about is actually working for you, you know, or mm -hmm. for whoever's listening. It's just not, make a commitment, do a 30 day walk discipline, right? Very important self-discipline. So this is my, my new little fun that we'll start to play around with. Yeah. It, life is, a, is so much about experimentation. Yeah. We just get stuck in a rut doing the same stuff over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So we want to throw something new into the equation on a regular basis to, you know, it, it, it opens up different synapses in our brain, you know, it, it, it starts to make new grooves because when we get it, our brain literally has grooves in it, you know, where we're just keep going, same stuff, same, same stuff, same stuff. So we need to bring in something that just starts to make new grooves, but positive grooves, like what you're talking about right. and, um, and really, you know, recognizing that, uh, well, here's, it's the saying, um, if you keep doing the same thing, you'll keep getting the same result. Right. So if you Denial. like the result, if you like the result, keep doing the, keep doing yes. the thing. 
Yeah. But if you don't like the result, you've right. got to do something differently. And then that's where we right. get to, you know, experience the discomfort of something new, the discomfort of change, but that's where it all happens. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's just, that's just how it, how it goes. Got to create a new groove <laughs> into yeah. your life on a consistent basis and get those yep. grooves. So they're healthy grooves and, and uh, healthy patterns in our life. Yeah. You know, but one of the things that you had mentioned was about, you know, what's going on internally and then what's going on externally. And that really brings in the dance between control and release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you are, there's a difference between having healthy control, healthy self-control and being controlling. Mm-hmm. When someone becomes controlling, that's not a healthy sense of control. When they have a need to control, it's actually resistance a form of resistance. comes in. I know that need so well, but yes, the yeah. need, I got to control what's happening. It's that, yeah. it's that need is absolutely out of control. Yeah. And that's one of the bigger needs that so many people have is that yep. unhealthy need for control. We have an authentic need to have control in our lives, but when we feel that authentic need isn't being met, then we go again, needy for it. So we go needy for control, which becomes controlling, which then becomes like a repellent that really, you know, repels people away. Right. And then people don't want to be around the controlling person. And then more people don't want to do what the controlling person is saying, the more controlling they become. And it just becomes this vicious cycle of like, wow, it, it can become really intense. Yep. So knowing the, knowing how to do the dance between mm -hmm. control and releasing, right. Is mm -hmm. really looking at going back to the serenity prayer and everything that, you know, we've talked about is knowing what you have the ability to control mm -hmm. and what you don't have the ability to control, which we've threaded through many of our podcasts already. We haven't had that yeah. many, right? So it's a pretty big subject. So, but you have just ask yourself the question, do I even have control over these things that I'm trying to control? And if you don't, and you have to be honest about it. Well, no, I'm sure I can get them to do this. Okay. You know, you got to be really have the honest <laughs> integrity going, right? So you, you look at it and, um, and then you um, uh, reflect on, no, I really don't. So how can I respond? What do I have control over? I have control over how I can respond to what's going on. Say can, you're a mom just, in the grocery store. Let me just do one just, quick example. Yeah, yeah. One quick example, okay? Oh, and then I, okay. remind me what, what my example is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You have a mom in the grocery store and her four-year-old is having a temper tantrum on the floor. Well, of course, you've got embarrassment running. You've got all sorts of stuff running. And the more she tries to control that temper tantrum, the more it goes out of control. So the best thing that a mom or dad could do is go to a place of calm and then calm the child. But if they're getting all up in their stuff, it's going to oh. just amplify everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was what, it's so right when you started talking about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this just happened yesterday. Okay. So uh, if I haven't said this before, I'll, I'll say it again. The color code. The color code is... You know, once we did that on our whole family and realized that Alan and Stacy Mia are color coded almost identical, and Aurora and Mommy are color coded almost identical, which means basically our core values are the same. 
and I got the bubbles. That, that, here comes Aurora. Is that hilarious? Or yes, okay, so that's just kind of funny. It's our um, third co-host. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> the bubbles, and that's Aurora, by the way. She's the one that does this to my phone. So Aurora is nine, and control versus no control, right? If you're a parent, you are in charge of your child's development, whether they become good humans. That's the only goal that I have in raising my children is that they become wonderful, wonderful human people with big hearts and of service to others. And, you know, and that's the goal. So Aurora's been a little defiant lately and she's got this amazing imagination and so in her imagination, she doesn't need to learn math and she doesn't need to learn English. And, and she gets home and do you have any homework? No, I'm in third grade. I don't have homework. I'm like, okay, but you're not passing your English and you're kind of not really. And when I say passing, she's so intelligent. I'm like, she needs to nail this thing. She needs to get A's. Like she's smart, like almost to the point where we thought she was gifted. She is smart. So, so she's just like, she just decided she didn't care. She just doesn't care. So not yesterday, but the day before during this whole process, I, she drives me nuts. I'm like, with Stacey Mia, all I have to tell her to do is what to do. And then she just gets it done with Aurora. God, I want to pull my hair out. So not going to lie. Like I have to get in my mommy mean voice and like explain to her what to do. So yesterday, Alan sits me down. It's a big conversation. He's sitting me down and he has to have a conversation with me. Okay. He's like, you're really hard on her. You're going to turn her into something that you don't want her to be. Blah, blah, blah. It's the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it, my kick reflex was to get defensive because, mm -hmm. and I said, you don't know how to raise her. I'm like her. You're not. It's, and it was, we, we did a little back and forth and it was kind of funny not funny, but you know, mm -hmm. I had to stop for me and go, all right, what can I do? What can I do? Could I handle it differently? Okay. So how does somebody talk to me? If I was a child, like how would I, how, how would I respond? What would be the best way for me to respond? And last night I just had a great night with her and sat with her and talked to her and, and she's got all mad at me about her hair. She just doesn't like to brush her hair and she's not very good at shampooing and conditioning. Like, cause then she gets like oil streaks in the hair cause she uses too much conditioner and doesn't rinse it all out. Little stupid things. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just walked her through the whole thing. I just walked her through the whole thing. And instead of her yelling, when I'm brushing her hair, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. I'm like, you have a tough head, I know, because I've had you since you were born. Anyway, releasing my uh, control. So I had a, t a completely different, and this is a parenting thing, right? Like, yeah. how do I parent somebody just like me? Whoa, Stacy's well, easy. Yeah. I mean, oh, you could put, so for those who aren't familiar with the color code, it's it's a, a personality assessment that is available to both adults and children. And I am putting uh, together that I'm going to launch at the beginning of the year, parenting by personality. So all these little questions you've got that you're saying right now are going to be answered in that course. Mm -hmm. How do you raise someone who is a yellow in the color code? Yeah. Right. And you've yeah. got a, a yellow mom and yep. a yellow um, child. Right. And so you would think, well, gosh, that'll be easy because they're like me. 
Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. And, you know, you, the four of you and, and, um, um, you know, Stacey and Mia being like almost identical chart to, to Alan, which just, it's so interesting. Like you could overlay their blend of colors because there's four colors. I don't want to go too deep into that, but four colors and, and they basically have pretty much the same percentage of each color. They're spitting image, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, so, but that's part of it by learning how to deal with rays in a healthy way, your little yellow. Yeah. Right. Um, and she's becoming not as, you know, she's growing up. She's already uh, nine, right. Yeah. Will make a huge impact on yourself as a yellow, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. But also on how she can develop those strengths of being a yellow, but also recognize the yellows come with some interesting limitations as well. Right. And as you're working on your, as you have worked on your limitations and can, mm -hmm. you know, continue to work on your limitations as a yellow, right. It's going to help you to mm -hmm. help her with hers. Well, and that's the dance of control, you know? Okay. Yeah. So as, as Alan, who I just, I, I just love him. I can't even just, he's, I'm so grateful to travel in this life with him as my partner. Um, but to have him and how the whole series of events went, you know, he mm -hmm. sits, you know, we have this big blow up. She's not listening. I get activated. I'm totally mm -hmm. activated because she's not listening. So raise my mommy mean voice. And the girls know, why do I have to use my mommy mean voice? Why don't you just listen? And he's so, and Alan's just watching this frustration happen. And then, you know, and then the next day after, you know, when, when him and I were alone, the girls were on school, you know, just to sit down and say, okay, you know, here's what I see. And I'm like, well, that's not what I see. Okay, but wait a second. It, is he right? You know, and the mm -hmm. truth is, she's activating all of these emotions of frustration and then the control and, and she's my daughter. And I'm like, all right, that's what I can do. Give her more time, yeah. patience. Uh, and, and, and the, I, the tam temper, temper tantrum on the grocery store floor. What I can yeah. control is how I respond. And that, yeah. and, and that was real life example. And, and as you're talking, of course, I'm kind of going into coach listening now, <laughs> but, um, you know, also consider this, that perhaps the frustrations that Alan has had with you and your yellowness and his not being that yellow might be some of the same frustrations you're experiencing now dealing with your own yellow that's not you. Yeah. And then, right? You, you yeah. see the, the connection? Yes. And, you know, what do you want? If you feel the frustration of, you know, that personality, which by the way, which is why happy is so important to you is because your driving core motive as a yellow personality is fun. Mm -hmm. So that's why happy has a kind of a different ring for you, has a different yeah. meaning and, and, and sense of importance to you than perhaps, you know, another color, <laughs> certainly yeah. another color, right? So fun is what drives you in life. Mm -hmm. And that's what's also going to, you know drive Aurora too. Yeah. So, um, but if you think about when you're interacting with Alan and you get frustrated or you have your own activations around that form of communication, check and see if it, if you can't translate it to Aurora, mm. right? 
Mm-hmm. Is she feeling what I feel when I feel like I'm not being understood or, you mm-hmm. know, someone's frustrated with me and all I really want is patience and all I really want is to be understood and all these things and that, you know, so again, mm-hmm. it's, it's getting out of, it's shifting the perspective. And in this case, you're shifting it in a couple different ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. From receiving to giving, and that yeah. might be really beneficial as you continue on this lovely family journey. Well, I think so. that you really getting into helping raise kids. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just think it's it, raising children right now is an art form. Yeah. Um, just because they're exposed to so they're just exposed to so much. And, mm-hmm. um, what my 11 year old's going through right now and what popped up on her, uh, computers, she was doing homework mm-hmm. she'll never get it out of her mind and she still brings it up and I, and we have to continue to talk about it. Like Stacy, Stacy's so easy for me. She's so easy for me. And I think Aurora will be too. I'm just right now I'm bumping up against. Yeah. Well, and Stacy is a blue personality, right? Red. She's red. She's a red personality. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She's a red, she's a red blue. Yeah. Yeah. She's a red blue. So she's a red personality. So her her driving core motive is power, but reds are so productive. Yes. So she's going to have that natural where, you know, the yellows want to go have fun. Reds yeah, get we're in La La Land. We're all over right? the place. <laughs> reds want to get to work and just, yeah. you know, nose yeah. to the grindstone. Anyway, so we'll, we'll go incorporate that, weave that in as we go about yes. around the color code and so forth. Yeah. But it's a really powerful and I'm very, I'm really excited about it. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring more details as they arrive. It'll be after the holidays. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cause if you have kids, I mean, mm-hmm. you know what we're talking about right now. It's tough. Yes. And this is just a simple, fun, get to know you get to know them. And yeah. So from a different perspective. Yeah. And have a, such a deeper understanding, which will create more connection and growth for, for all of you. So absolutely. Another piece to surrender is embracing the unknown. Mm. You know, fear of the unknown is one of our biggest fears. Mm -hmm. And that's why death falls into there because a lot of people (laughs) fear death because what's going to happen to me? You know, how am I going to feel? Am I going to, how am I going to die? And what's going to happen after I leave and all that kind of stuff. That's why death falls into one of the bigger fears as well. But ultimately the fear of the unknown, we so Mm -hmm. crave certainty and yet life is not certainty. Life Mm -hmm. is all full of unknown. And when we can start to let go of that need for certainty, which again, another need, right, is another Mm -hmm. form of resistance, that need for certainty, we can start to really embrace life as a, as a path or, or a, um, um, a land of unlimited possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. And what does the universe have in store for me today? (laughs) And approach life like that. Obviously we're going to have plans and a schedule and things Mm -hmm. like that, but instead of worrying about uncertainty, instead of letting it stifle you and live in fear, it's embrace the uncertainty as a gift as we, you know, the things, if you think about the things that have happened in your life, um, and I'm talking to everyone, right, mm-hmm. in, in your life, the things that are are most likely the most amazing things in your life were unplanned. You couldn't have planned them. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's, that's what's waiting for us. And there's going to be more of that waiting for us when we can let go of the fear of uncertainty and embrace the uncertainty, embrace the unknown so that we can live with a sense of mystery and, adventure. Adventure. Yes. Adventure. I'm trying, I'm actually finally, finally starting to realize, I don't want to say realize, I think conceptually I've always thought this, you know, we are all here for a reason. I don't believe that. I know that for sure. We are here. We have a soul. We are so much bigger than this skin that we're in. Um, we're here for a reason. One of my favorite parts of it is that we get to create our reality. This is why I'm doing the three, six, nine. This is why I'm going to do the 30 day because it's an adventure. It is what's going to happen, right? Like it's all fun. It really is fun. I'm not saying it's easy because the challenges are every day, but it's fun. It is. Yes. And, and you know, I have a sign life as a journey, but everyone's seen the quotes and all the different quotes that run across the social media platforms, you know, and it's like, oh, that's a great quote. And they repost it. And then a minute later, they're back into their fear of uncertainty. (laughs) You know, know, uh, at least you get a little moment there of, of, uh, you know, adventure and and whatnot. Um, You know, I I was going to mention this earlier and I, it came out, it's coming back in. When I take people through my emotional process, which is about releasing, I was thinking about this um, uh, as I was, you know, looking at the podcast subject of today. And when I take people through the eye care approach, uh, which is my process that I use in coaching, it's it's a it's pieces of it are just letting go of resistance and opening mm-hmm. up moments of surrender. Mm-hmm. letting go of resistance and opening up little moments of surrender. And every time over the last 17 years that I've been doing this, I have never had anybody who doesn't come out it just even just a little bit lighter, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's a lot lighter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, a, a whole trajectory change just from that one process, but it doesn't matter if it's a little or a lot. What matters is that the needle is moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of release from the resistance and moments of that surrender. And it's a beautiful thing. It's really, and it's really powerful. Um, and that's not the only method out there, but it certainly is one of the more powerful methods that are out there. So works for me and I use it all the time. And And I wouldn't be doing this 17 years later if it didn't work. (laughs) Right. I mean, right. What popped into to my head about the eye care approach is um, when I was in Vegas with you, I was in so much pain. That was probably the, the darkest I felt really dark. Um, And then you came over in a 911 fashion because you live there (laughs) and I was there. And, um, I don't remember the exact specifics, but, uh, it was about, wasn't it surrender? It was, I was a gold statue and I, and I just had to walk around it in just a visualization of emotions. Right. It was just like stubborn. And it was this big, like Sphinx pyramid type of gold statue that was just adamant with like, I am not moving. 
and it was that me. you were visualizing in your mind. Yes. In my mm-hmm. mind, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then I, I just, as you help guide me through the eye care approach, I just ended up walking around it and, and even, and I did, I got instant relief. That was a pretty radical, that was definitely a pretty radical, um, release, you know, mm-hmm. and surrender. Um, and then in, in, even in doing the process of releasing that, I was able to come back to Dallas and, um, you know, what was it three weeks later Then there was miracle Monday. So there was a lot of like, but getting through these emotions are so, um, it's easy to go there if you just do it. Well, even in the years ago, this was years ago when you were, we were doing this on the phone, even though. Oh, we the were, tetany? Like, yes. Yeah. The tetany. Oh yeah. yeah. So you can share the story. You yeah. went into a, a, a state of where your body was involuntarily going into like cramping, right? Mm-hmm. Into mm-hmm. tightening up. And yeah, so I you- could not, I, my, my hands, um, it felt like rigor mortis is the, you know, like when someone dies, like their bones, that's mm-hmm. what it felt like. I didn't know it was a condition called tetany, but you did. <laughs> and yeah. I'm on the phone and I, I mean, I'm laying, I'm just an emotional mess for reasons that were kind of frankly valid. Um, but when you walked me through the process, I'm like laying on the floor and now I'm freaking out because I'm having a physical mm-hmm. response to something emotional. And I'd never had that happen that just that one time with the hands, obviously it happened in my back with the nerve pain different anyway. So it came in here and the more that we would release the emotion just by sinking into it and feeling it instead of resisting it, mm-hmm. it was me resisting that made it so much worse and scarier. And then it got more terrifying and what's happening to my body. And, and then I I called you, it was an emergency (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you walked me through a process. And I, I was like, by the end of what was it? 10 minutes, maybe. Right. And it was, my hands were fine. And I'm like, Whoa, that's a thing. Mm. That's a thing. Yeah. That was probably the most power. That was a powerful release too. Yeah. And so now think about the child having the tantrum. The more stressed you get, the more whatever you get, the worse Mm -hmm. it gets. So what I was on the other side of the phone was a calming, stabilizing presence that was guiding Mm -hmm. you through the eye care approach, helping you, you know, helping you to stabilize as well. Right. But also to move into surrender, because mm-hmm. tetany is a, is a control thing as well. You are losing control of your body. Mm-hmm. So that's a very scary thing. Very That's scary. why control is such a big issue, mm-hmm. which is why surrender, if so many people have an issue around surrender, because the control issues are so strong that it literally, you know, can come into your body. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, so that was really, that was really powerful. Yeah. Uh, uh, experience. Yeah. Both of them were very powerful experiences. Yeah. And then we've had all sorts of in-between <laughs> the spectrum. Over Many the in-betweens. Yes. Cause, yeah. cause the eye care approach is something that yeah. you could do anytime you need to, and you should, anytime. cause yeah. just getting to yeah. know yourself. Yep. So to, to wrap this up, you know, the journey from resistance to resilience is really just a testament to the transformative power of surrender. And as we release that need for control and accept the present 
moment and whatever that entails, whether it's people, whether it's the environment you're in and navigate those challenges with resilience, we discover an inner strength that transcends the trials that life will bring you. So that dance between resistance and surrender is an ongoing process and one that leads not only to personal growth, but to a profound sense of peace and mastery in the face of life's uncertainties. Yes, ma'am. Let me tell you, I will say it's, um, even you and I doing this, Mm -hmm. uh, really it's to help anyone who needs it, anyone who needs it. But there's a, there's a level of vulnerability for sure. You know, and I'm like, I have to just, I don't want to name any, any names because I don't want to violate somebody's privacy, but it's been, you know, even the Tetney thing, just even talking about it right now, I'm like, whoa, that was so gnarly. Um, and then all the processes in between, that was one of the first ones that was, that was actually one of the first ones. And, um, I will say it was a fear around, uh, one of my older children's realities, stepchildren's realities. And the control was the thing I could not control what she was doing. And I wanted to, cause it was dangerous and it was, you know, and so it was the, I had no control. And the minute, and the minute we really released the control of others, and this is another parenting thing, you, your kids get to a certain age, they're going to do what they're going to do. It's, that's what I'm saying. You just hope you did a good job. Right. But releasing the control is really hard, especially when someone's in a dangerous situation. So this has been a really wonderful, wonderful topic that I think we'll absolutely revisit as time goes by because we didn't even share the half of it. Yeah. (laughs) Although I think we gave you guys some really good examples. Bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bite-sized pieces of, of maybe just to pay attention to where are you resisting and what does that look like? Uh, as we move forward from here. So yeah, absolutely. any last surprises, Lisa? No, that's all for today. Just want to, you know, thank you for, for joining us and supporting our channel. And, you know, we appreciate, um, you know, everything that you bring to us, even though obviously uh, we can't see you, um, but we feel you. And that's what's really important. We feel you and we appreciate when you um, watch and when you like and share and, uh, and comment and, and so forth. So we, um, you know, it's been a surprise too. We do. We, we want you to, you know, hit the like button, subscribe, um, watch it, engage with us. We really love that. I mean, some of the messages, I I am still surprised at who ends up watching this. And by the way, if you are watching this, it's because your soul wants to experience this journey from more of a higher consciousness place. So, yep. Thanks you guys for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sandra. All right. See y'all next week. Mm